Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Morning. Let's try that again. (laughs) Want to try that again? Morning, Sarah. Hello, Rebecca. It's ghost tour season, just in case you forgot. (laughs) In case I forgot. (laughs) Of course I didn't. Uh, the day that this episode comes out, I am giving my first tour of the season, and I am super excited. <gasps> Tummy butterflies. If you hear this in the morning, you have time to buy your ticket. And if you Look don't, there will be more tours because we're doing them every Friday and Saturday, and then even more in October. This podcast is really a good jumping off point for our ghost tour season, though, Sarah. Why would that be? Because it is about the Starrett family. Staring? Who's staring? Har har. Starrett. We talk about Sam Starrett on the ghost tour because we go past his house. Sam and his wife Jenny moved to Anoka after the Civil War. He was a Civil War soldier who was injured and unfortunately lost his sight. So he was a blind man here in Anoka. And he was known around. He was postmaster for a while. He had a number of businesses. He played the organ at a local church. Amazing. Uh, And together, the family had three daughters, one of whom was Alice. And she never married and lived at 320 Madison with her family. And uh, we're going to be headed to that house in this episode as well as we have a really cool resource at the Historical Society. We have Sam's daughter, Alice, her diaries. Enter, ooh, feeling. (laughs) And one of our volunteers, Dave, has been transcribing those diaries and getting all of the details about what was going on around town, her life, and her parents' that she provided within its pages. There's some really interesting entries in the diary about her actually getting a marriage proposal and turning it down. Oh. Right? When it's not right, it's not right. That's her life. I'm doing it my way. Me too. So this episode is a little bit of a mash between our volunteer Dave talking about the diaries and the project and what he put together, as well as dropping by Alice and Sam's house and getting a behind-the-scenes tour from the current homeowner. Oh, Heather was so nice. We delivered a copy of the diaries to the family, and one of her kiddos sat down and started reading it. It was really fun. But I got to see the picture of Sam on the mantle and a picture of that had uh, a painting of the house that was on the mantle with Alice on the front stoop. And so Heather tells a really interesting story about that too. So without further ado, shall we? We shall. Dave, my favorite volunteer. Wait, I can't say that publicly. Hi, Dave. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you came to ACHS and, you know, the work that you do with us? Well, I've lived in Anoka most of my life. My 
parents moved here or my family moved here in 1955 and so I've been here that long. I feel like um, I, I have a lot of memories of Anoka over the years, but I never fully uh, recognized um, how much I appreciated the town until I got older and can kind of look back on other memories. That seems like a pretty common thing to oh, right. realize what you were living in when you didn't realize you were living in it. Yes. I always wish that I had got out and taken pictures uh, like once a month or even just once a year, go out with a camera and take pictures of Main Street or other things. Or if I saw that a, they were going to tear a building down, I would be more apt to take a picture of the remains rather than what was there before. Sure. But in my defense, uh, film was expensive at the time was. for a for a high school student, and cameras weren't all that good. At least mine, it was just an Instamatic type. But with the little glass cubes on top. Uh, no, even before that, it had flash bulbs. Okay. Which of course they were expensive too. Sure. So. So we spend a lot of time this time of the year talking about Sam Starrett because he's on the ghost tour and we walk past his house on Madison Street. And we talk a lot about him and his Civil War years and the fact that he hasn't left that house as part of the ghost tour. We don't talk a lot about his family or his legacy that's been left through his family here mm -hmm. in Anoka. So you came up with a really interesting project from our archives here recently. Talk to me about that a little bit. A little bit. Uh, well, I, I don't know that I came up with it. It was assigned to me. And it was something that uh, it looked very interesting to me to do. So what exactly is the, the project then that you've been working on? Well, there were six diaries written by Alice Starrett uh, during the years 1887 to 1895, and she was uh, 15 or 16, I think, when she started them. Uh, they were, I think I wrote in here what the size of the diaries were, but they were 8 by 10 or, or a little smaller than that, something like that, all handwritten in very nicely written cursive writing. In this case, uh, it was written a little bit differently than we write today, like their F's and their S's and some other things in there, but still very readable. So the final project that you came up with is a book that's a, a comb-bound book that has the transcriptions of the diary and then little pieces of the diary and some newspaper clippings and things to make it a nice package. Mm -hmm. um, how did you how did you keep coming back to the the six volumes? I and mean, that's a lot of transcribing. That's a lot of hours spent in one person's life. What was it about Alice's writing that intrigued you enough to keep the project going? Well, just the fact that she did it, I guess. I don't know how many people keep diaries like that today, 
but she seemed to be quite detailed in spots of things that were important to her. She talked about a lot about people in the area at the time. And that was a list I showed you. I started making a list of all the names she referred to uh, just because I couldn't keep them straight in my mind. And I think there were about 250 unique names in there. So I was impressed that they were so busy as people and as students. Um, they had sociables, they called them, where they it sounded like kind of a formal get-together where they would go over to someone's house. Maybe one week they'd be at this person's house. The next week they might be at another person from the same group, but that person's house kind of rotate around. At least that's the impression I got from it. But the fact that they were so busy doing ordinary things. What was an example of an ordinary thing they were doing? I took a test in school today and I got 95 on it. I could have done better, but... Uh, <laughs> Overachievers. Well, <laughs> she was studying to take a test to become a teacher. Okay. And a lot of these were required exams that you had to pass. You said there were some references to buildings around Anoka as well, and maybe some dances that she went to. Uh, she describes dances in the Phoenix building. Uh which I think is referred to as the Phoenix Block at some time. Uh, right now it's boarded up, it's under uh, refurbishment to the, uh, the look that it had back in the 1890s. And that's the one on 2nd and Main. Yes, yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, it was Diedrich's department store. And they had a nice, uh, toy store down in the basement where they would have games and toys and models and a few books, uh, other things for kids to do and to play with. Looking back, how does it feel to have been in the same building as Alice when you're reading these diaries? I, I see it a little bit differently, just as I see those neighborhoods a little bit differently now. Because she talks about walking down the hill, and I assume if you stand in front of her house on... Uh, well, anyway, if you stand there and look at the... There is a little hill going down toward the Rum River. And I thought, well, that must be the hill she was talking about going down there. But she talks about going skating and just being with her friends down by the river. So I, I walk by that neighborhood and I can, I feel like I'm almost transported into her world at the time. One of those chairs to sit Oh, on. absolutely. This is a little low Did for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by all means. We have a lot going on in our house today. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't necessarily looking. I had looked at this house on the market and it sold, or it like went off the market. And we were out looking in Coon Rapids and stuff um, one day, and my realtor pulled over the phone and goes, oh, this listing just relisted like right now. And she showed it to me like, oh, that was, 
that's the old house that I saw. It's so cool. Oh. And we drove over here, and apparently the other deal fell through. Um, we were doing our final walkthrough after we'd signed all the papers and stuff, and walked into the house, and it was empty, except Sam sitting on the mantle. I don't know if you can see him up here. He's hiding right now, but. Sam lives on our mantle, and he was just sitting there with this book. And we were just walking in, and you're like, whoa, that is a strange <laughs> choice to leave here. And so we started looking around at stuff, and they left us a big envelope of, like, flip it open, and it was, like, ghost tour stories of why that is there. And <laughs> we're like, don't you have to... Disclose that your house is haunted? <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind. I haven't decided if I believe it goes or not. And we weren't, but it was just very strange to walk in and be like, oh, there's a man on our mantle. <laughs> Why is there a kind of scary if you don't like, he has an intimidating photo with those sunglasses on and that beard. Like, what a strange choice to leave in the house. Why did you leave that photo in the house? They're like, oh, because it moves back. And you're like, oh, well, I guess that lives on our mantle now. Because <laughs> some of the stories are like, she'd move it to hang over there and it would move. And like pictures would fall off the wall. <laughs> so he lives there. He's living with my or previous cats at this point. <laughs> he just lives here. We asked him to look after the house and then realized that that was kind of rude. That's also one of those things like, my house is never quiet. So if you were quiet about anything, I probably missed it. If you moved something in my house, I didn't notice. Because <laughs> there's just too much going on. I think that's what makes the, the diaries and the letters especially so amazing mm -hmm. in the, the collection because you... You can get a lot of information from census records and from land records, but to know a person's soul that way through the writings that they leave. Right. It's such a different view of humanity. Yes. And one thing I was hoping, she just started in, in the first diary of the date and what she did that day. And I would have liked to see an introduction. Hello, my name is Alice Starrett. I was born on thus and such, and my family is these people, and they live there. And But this wasn't something she was writing for posterity. It was for herself, and there was no point in her writing that down because she knew it all. Knew that. Yeah. There was the, the pieces of the diary that were, you know, holes in it, information holes. Um, you tried to look some things up in the newspaper and fill some of those information holes. Oh, yeah. Now, what kind of success did you have with that? If I had a close enough date, I could scan through the paper and I did find some things in there. Oh, uh, she said that uh, she was at the train station catching the train and she left her pocketbook there. And I just figured, well, that was something that was gone, but that actually made the news. It said Alice Starrett found her pocketbook, and I, I don't remember if it was still had money in it or not, but just that they would mention something like that in the newspaper. I love small-town newspapers for that. Yeah. There's such a great track record of 
what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then there were other things that I expected might be in there. She said that uh, today my mother burned herself severely with lard, hot lard on her arm. And I thought that would have certainly been in the paper because it sounded like it would have been very terrible. But I couldn't find any information about it. Oh, that's interesting. No reference at all. And no follow-up in here about it either. Huh. That's surprising. Yeah, because that would have been a pretty major medical case. Yeah. She talks about taking the bus or the train or um, other transportation. I guess there was horse-drawn trolleys locally. But it seemed like they would regularly go to Minneapolis or to St. Paul on the train, enough so that they knew the schedule. They knew the last train left at this time. And I did see in the local papers that they printed a train schedule with every edition every week. And it looked uh, much more impressive than what we have today but <laughs> in terms of public transportation. Sure. We didn't have any other options, did you? From the the transcription that you did and the reading about Alice now, what kind of judgments can you make about her as a person from this information that she left? A very, very detailed person, I think. Um, I think she was very conscientious about what she was doing. If she started something, she planned to finish it. Well, that family obviously was important to her, along with neighbors and friends. What have you personally taken away from working on this project? Oh, just a better appreciation for the town I live in, I guess, and things that we take for granted. I think I mentioned I, I go out walking every day, and I walk down Third uh, Avenue, so I walk by a lot of the places that she would have gone by. I get to Madison Street and I can see her house over there. And a couple blocks up, well, I'm walking the same way she would have walked going toward the old high school. And some of the houses that are there today were there during her lifetime. So it makes me appreciate the history connected to the houses and the town, the buildings, just the streets, the layout of the city, and makes me want to know more. This is the connecting wall between the two houses. Okay. You know how they moved the one oh, up? Sure, sure. So this, would be the step up this is the original home on the property, and this is the one that Cam built and moved up oh, okay. the road, which is why there's two stairways. Sure. It's this one and this one that um, the other oh. friend just went up. So it's very confusing once you get upstairs. Right. Because, like, you don't know where you are for a while. But so the upstairs connects across. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. We can go up there if you'd like. But I'd, I'd love to see you. Absolutely. Whatever you're willing to show. Sure. Steep steps. Yes. These are less steep than the others. So we use these all the time. So this is the original refline of, the, of Sam's house. You step about four inches down into the other house. Um, and this clearly was a bedroom at some point, but um, yeah, and then we have this other bedroom 
over here also leads into an office. And that's the other staircase. And that's the other staircase, right? So oh. that so comes down into the, the dining room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, you would totally it's get lost up here. Super confusing. Oh. And then there's also a door onto a tiny little roof patio that goes down oh. outside too. But yeah, oh. so this is the the two houses kind of just plug together. So from what I read or heard about the house, I expected there to be a much bigger gap between the two rooms. Oh yeah, they've done a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, you don't notice it on the first floor. It's just that bathroom step. Everybody's left their mark. You know, Alice died in 1970, and for me, that is such a, a mental gymnastics to make because the diaries are old and the handwriting is old and the way of life is old and it's pre everything around here that's common and and normal to me. And yet she died in 1970, which is such an overlap with everything that I find common and normal and the people that I know. And so my, my mind is just really blown away by that, that overlap. I don't know. How do you feel about that? When you say 1970, I think back to 1970, and oh, that wasn't that long ago. I I was out of high school already. Um, I went to school in the, this building that she talked about. I walked by the neighborhood where she lived, and it just kind of transport, transports me back to her day. And makes me wish that I had um, had known enough to look up some of older people and talk to them. The lesson I take from that statement is that we need to continue doing that at the History Center, that the oral histories are very important, yep. and that preserving the, the people as they walk around today, regardless of their age, mm-hmm. is extremely important, that their stories live on for the next 50 to 75 years worth of people for sure. Mm-hmm. that are going to be able to overlap a little bit with them. Yeah, definitely. If there are people coming in who say they, they want to talk about their life and their history and memories they have, uh, take them up on it to the extent that the staff can handle it. That really is a rub. I'm glad you point that out. Um, there is only three full-time people here. And that is only... <laughs> Technically, 40 times three hours. Three. Yeah, there's only technically 120 hours involved in that. Technically. Technically. But I think that's also why it becomes so important to have families keeping their own stories and organizations keeping their own stories. Mm-hmm. The smaller historical societies in each town alive and well. Yes. Um, you know, because that's that stretches the resources a little bit further. Yeah. Dave, this has been really fun to talk about this diary project and get some insight from you on it. And I'm really looking forward to it being public and that people can come in and read it and oh, yeah. do some research on their own, um, maybe compare it to some relatives' diaries of the same era, and maybe we can fill some of those holes mm-hmm. of information in there. Yeah, we've we've very much enjoyed his story and telling our family and friends and stuff the story of the ghost that lives in our house and who was blind and the postmaster somehow and 
Yes, that's a strange combination. Right. I just, you know, got really lucky. Obviously, his wife. But. Uh-huh. We don't plan to leave. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I think the house is glad to hear it, too. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, I'm Diana Nurberg, a librarian for Anoka County Library, and I'm here with your Library Minute. Let's see what we have regarding journaling and diaries. First, if you'd rather approach the idea of journaling visually, there are a couple options. One, you can watch a video on how to journal. Enter our first option. It's called Expressive Pages, Journaling the Everyday. This DVD resource is part of a series of arts and crafts related videos published by the company Craftsy. A mixed-media artist walks viewers through not only the text-based aspects of a journal, but also how to incorporate illustration and other objects of interest. Another resource for those interested in entering the journal world via the visual is called Art Journal Courage, Fearless Mixed-Media Techniques for Journaling Bravely by Dina Wakely. This guide to a mixed-media journal attempts to take out the intimidation factor. Find the courage to try things when it comes to handwriting, drawing, and more. The book encourages readers to learn to appreciate their own style and embrace imperfections. Finally, for those looking to journaling for the practicality of keeping their lives better organized, consider the bullet journal method by writer Carol. Carol's method has been expanded upon by enthusiasts in colorful and elaborate ways, evidenced by the many images online of enviably gorgeous spreads. But Carol's original idea, outlined in his book, is more approachable and minimalist, a good starting point for the beginner bullet journalist. You can find these and other resources at your local Anoka County Library. We hope you find them useful and enjoyable. Until next time, happy learning. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anokacountyhistory.org. Sam's picture is considerably smaller than I was anticipating, like five by seven. Well, it's a reproduction, isn't it? Well, I was I was expecting a sizable framed picture, and here's this little diddly thing, and I'm like, well, that's Sam is modest. <laughs> he is, but it just dashed my expectations. It's all right. He forgives you. <laughs> I loved reading through all of the details in Alice's diaries because she's writing for herself and you're kind of putting together the pieces and learning about what life was really like living in Anoka. Which brings with it some problems, as Dave mentioned, that because you're writing for yourself, you aren't explicit about a lot of things. Um, so we have in the, the next newsletter coming up for our members, we're going to have a photo of what's called a poverty party out at the Caswell house. And Alice is mentioned in the photo. She's there, but she only mentioned sociables in her diary. And I'm kind of cranky with her that she didn't drop some names. She didn't drop a date. She didn't talk more about specific parties because we are only left to conjecture if that event that she mentions as a sociable is actually that, that we have her in a photo. Come on, Alice. We want some good gossip. We want the tea, even if it's 120 years old. (laughs) Stale tea. (laughs) 
Well, if you want to read Alice's diaries and the transcripts that Dave made of them, we have it at the History Center or for our vault members, we have a PDF available for reading on your couch in the vault. Check it out and let us know what you're writing in your diaries. <laughs> Maybe they will be part of the collection in a hundred years. Not mine. Mine are going to burn. <laughs> Otherwise, write with caution, people. Yes, write with caution. Thanks, Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for coming along, and I'll see you on the ghost tours. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras, as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future. <laughs>